how to praise King Jehovah. And we'll turn to Psalm 98 once again. This has been penned, the coronation psalm. It is as if we are seeing Jesus crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. We're witnessing that. We're, we're there and we're crying, crowning, crowning Lord of all. And how wonderful it is to meditate on that and think about that. So Psalm 98, we'll read the whole psalm, especially taking for our remarks, verse 6, where it says, With trumpets and sound of cornets, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. The Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, and with the harp, and with the voice of a psalm. Together, with trumpets and sound of cornets, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For He cometh. To judge the earth with righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful to come into your presence with singing and into your courts with praise, to be thankful unto you and to bless your name. Oh Lord, you are the King. You are the King of the universe. King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, no man crowned you king, for you have always been king. But Lord, we're just so thankful that you have allowed us to see and behold the king in his beauty by faith. And Father, to be under the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do anticipate his swift return, Father, to usher in that great eternal kingdom father where all will be new where all will be well and all will be to the glory and praise of your matchless name lord we just thank you for hearing our prayers lord for um just providing for us the needs that we have we thank you for helping brother jeff through his surgery and that that he's recovering uh, even better than he did last time Lord, we think about those that are feeble and sick among us. And we pray for their healing, Father. We pray that you would uh, be that good and gentle healer and good physician to them. And Lord, just thank you tonight that we've been blessed to assemble together, to sing praise to you, and now to hear from your word. Lord, so show us tonight our King. 
And let us rejoice in Him. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, beloved. How to praise King Jehovah. It says here in our text, in verse 6, it says, With trumpets and the sound of cornets, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. This is, of course, the Lord there is Jehovah, Yahweh. So it's the King Jehovah, as it were, the, the King, not a King, right? Aren't you glad it didn't say Jehovah, a King, but it says Jehovah, the King. And so these trumpets and these cornets, they were the loudest instruments that they had that they could use. And so uh, they were saying with the, with the loudest instruments possible, make it known that God is our that God is our king. And so we as servants, as kingdom priests of the Lord, as his children, it is fitting that we should want to know how can I praise King Jehovah. But who is this King Jehovah? Beloved, I will submit to you that he is none other than God the Son. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah and Jesus are one. And I want you to turn to the language of the book of Acts because I really love the way that this is phrased. And I've turned to it and gleaned from it many different times during my ministry and, and really rejoice in what is said here because I think it's so fitting of the Lord. And so this is in the middle of one of Paul's missionary journeys that the Holy Spirit sent him forth on, and he was commissioned by the church to do. And he was here in Thessalonica. And I just want to uh, pick up in verse 5, but what we're really wanting to see is Acts 17, 7, and the way that it's phrased there. Because in our text, Jesus is called Jehovah the King, a king unlike any other. Now, there have been many kings in the earth. There are actually kings right now. We all witnessed the coronation of King Charles here recently, the pomp, the circumstance, the millions of dollars that was spent to put that crown on his head. But um, Jesus is a king on a far grander and and mightier scale than Prince Charles could ever even hope to be. Prince Charles probably won't even be king very long. We'll probably see him die and, and be buried, and someone else will come into his stead. But our king is risen. Our king conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he reigns forever. That's what I love, Handel's Messiah. I always love to hear that uh, played, to hear that sung, and... Uh, at the end of it, it says, King of kings, Lord of lords. They just keep saying it over and over again. And he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's so beautiful to think about these thoughts. And so here in Acts 17, beginning in verse 5, But the Jews, which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. 
And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. What a great testimony of the first century Christians, right? That they turned the world upside down. It says, Whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. And I'd like you to read with me the last part of the verse together. Saying, there is another king, one Jesus. That's the king that we're talking about tonight. There is another king. And as we think about King Jesus tonight, and that we want to learn how to praise King Jehovah, King Jesus. He is another king, isn't he? I think about him in his, in his birth, that he was born a king but in such a humble way uh, that he was a humble king, unlike uh, any other. Uh, it said that uh, he was uh, in poverty most of his life. Uh, even when he was born, they didn't even have room for him. He was born in a, and placed him in a manger, in a manger, our king. Can you imagine the, the diadem of heaven? When he came to earth, there was no room for him. And, and he was so humble. His entrance into the world was to be laid in, in the place where they would feed uh, animals. And yet, what glory surrounded that whole event. Uh, the, the angels proclaiming his birth to the shepherds. And soon after, probably when he was a little bit older, the wise men, the magi, uh, coming from the east, who were they looking for? They were looking for he that was born king of the Jews. And even when Herod heard, you know, he sought the life of the God-man. But we just think about how humble the Lord Jesus was, this humble king. That is unlike the kings of the earth. They are lifted up almost always in, in pride and are self-aggrandizing uh, and always want attention to themselves. But how wonderful that Jesus pointing us always to the Father and, and to God. And so he was a humble king. And then he was a suffering king, wasn't he? He was, a, he was the suffering servant of God, and he, he suffered like no other, and yet accomplished more in his sufferings as king than all the kings of the earth did in all their lifetimes, in all their battles, in all their wars, in all their buildings. They never accomplished uh, uh, one iota of what Jesus accomplished just in the sufferings that he went through in his death and his crucifixion. He was a humble king. He was a suffering king. All but then, we know him as the risen king, right? All the other kings of the earth are, are dead and buried and, and they know where their bones are. But we go to the tomb of our king, and it's an empty tomb because he rose triumphant. He was crucified in weakness, but he was raised in power. And beloved, because he is risen, because he lives, we shall live also because we serve a risen king. I serve a risen Savior, that song says. Beloved, also don't forget that he's a reigning king. Christ Jesus reigns today. He reigns from His eternal throne. 
in heaven. He rules over all and he reigns in the hearts of his children and in his church and gospel kingdom. But I love to tell you this the most is that he is a returning king. Amen. And we watch for him. And we, and we long for him to come to us again and make everything the way that it should be. Amen. But he's on the way. He's at the, he's at the very doorstep. If we could but if we could but see, we would know. But he has promised that he will return, and so he shall one day. He is returning. So how are we to praise one so magnificent? How could how could we praise him? Well, the first thing that I want you to write down and think about is that you want to praise Him personally. You want to praise Him personally. I think about Thomas. Remember how Thomas doubted. And remember how he wasn't with the church when he should have been, or he wouldn't have doubted as much as he did. Um, but when Christ, when he was with the disciples and Christ came in, he went immediately to Thomas. Because you remember what Thomas had said, I won't believe unless I put my fingers in the nail prints in his hands, put my hand in the, in the side where the spear went. And so Jesus appeared to him. And he said, here I am, Thomas. Here are my hands. Here's my side. And then it became personal with Thomas, didn't it? And he, and he worshiped and he praised him personally. He said, my Lord and my God. And so... Praise Him personally. We should each, every day, set a time when we have a coronation of Jesus Christ over our own heart. Every day. Make it, make it personal. I love what the Scripture says in Isaiah 33. And I believe that this will be a reality for all of us who, who love Christ. And we do see this by faith. And we do see this with our spiritual eyes and feel it with our spiritual eyes. But I love what Job said. Job said, but my eye will behold him and not another. Though the flesh worms destroy my body, yet my flesh, I'll see the Lord. And here in Isaiah 33 and 17, it says this, Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. I, I'm counting on that promise. But as we praise Him personally, beloved, it, it, we mu it must come from our hearts. It must be our knees that bow in service and devotion to Him. It must come from our lips, from our tongues, the praise that we are to give Him and then our lives are to be a reflection of how wonderful it is to have a king like Jesus Christ. I love it in the Old Testament when it talks about the Queen of Sheba coming to visit Solomon. And she, they, they took her around 
They showed her all the things that he had built and made. She sat and heard of the wisdom that he was given from God. And, and she said, the half has not been told to me. But one of the things that impressed her the most, the scripture says, she said, even your servants are some of the happiest people I've ever been around. I'm paraphrasing. And so that's what people need to see from us in our lives. That's how we praise him personally. We praise him personally with our hearts, with our lips, with our lives. My Lord, my God, my King, personally. Secondly, we want to praise him corporately. We have meant to do that tonight. And I love to praise him on my own. And I love times that I've spent on my own in my life. Wonderful, quiet times of devotion. Times in my closet. Times when I've been out in the woods and or just been driving. Or times when I've been overseas and have felt to be brought just to the very innermost circle of the heart and the will of God. But none of that compares to the times that I spend in worship and praise with the people of God. There's something so special about gathering together with God's children, with those who have the same spirit and the same desire to see Christ exalted, and then the blending of those hearts and those lives and, and the work of God together, rising up to Him from the people of God. It's special. There's nothing else like it we echoing together what the host of heaven are constantly doing oh it's to praise him corporately if we could see that what we just did those three songs that we sang and doing that together do we not know that that was one of the most important event of our lives we don't think about it that way we think well when i got married or Man, when I got that job promotion or uh, when I had my first child, those are all good things. And we praise God for those things. But probably what we just did is probably the most important event that will ever happen in our lives. The times where we meet together with the people of God and we're praising God corporately together. Those are the most important times in our life. And that's why it's so important when we come, that we're in tune with that, that, that we are anticipating that, that we are, are focused in on that. We put away our phones. We, we, we put a, aside the things of the world and we come into the presence of the King <laughs> and we, we give ourselves as instruments of praise to King Jehovah. Drew, you become the cornet. Dad's got the whole trumpet section. <laughs> just teasing that uh, we're, but we all become cornets and trumpets and harps together blending together to praise King Jehovah King Jesus our other king oh this is this is beautiful I, I love this when this happened in the book of Matthew and we already talked about that just a little bit about the children and, and we're going to turn also uh, in the Old Testament in just a minute where this was this was actually prophesied of of Christ would you go with me to Matthew 21 this is toward the end of the the ministry of Jesus and this is called Christ's triumphal entry into Jerusalem 
And we see his humility. We see his sufferings. Uh, I remember Brother Tim Cannon in his oratorio uh, singing uh, his song. He called it Riding Little Donkey into Jerusalem. Here he comes, the mighty king. Hosanna to the Son of God. And uh, But this is such a, a humble entrance of Christ and yet still so powerful and still glorious. Oh, what will it be when he comes again the second time without sin unto salvation? Oh, look at this saying. This is beautiful. Are you with me there? Matthew 21. All right. So we're here and... Uh, We'll start in verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage and to the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying to them, Go into a village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught to you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. Oh, what power, what majesty. Uh, the Lord by divine fiat, how he could see all things and know all things and knew people's hearts and and uh, knew exactly where uh, that little donkey was and exactly how the man was going to respond when he just said, the Lord hath need of, need of thee. You know, beloved, that's really a great picture of, of, of humility of all of us. If we could just be like little donkeys carrying the king. What a, what a glorious thing to just be that. All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. And it's Zechariah and we'll look at it in a minute. Saying, tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt the foal of an ass, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Hallelujah. And brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And here's what we're talking about, this corporate worship. Oh, and if you can just think about when Christ returns and he, he calls the dead in Christ uh, to rise and all the multitude of heaven is with him and, and his train and and the glory that will be at that most, much greater than this. But this is just a, a picture of that. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, And let this be you and me tonight. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. But he was more than that, wasn't he? He's the king of, of the universe. Oh, but how wonderful when we can gather together, either as families, husbands and wives. Uh, we had our family get together in Woodlands, about 80, uh, 76 of us, I believe uh, it was. And one of the highlights always is when we get together, and we worship and we sing together the praises of our king from the oldest to the youngest saying hosanna praise to the lord praise save 
Lord is actually what it means in the Hebrew. Multitude uh, together, crying, echoing the praise of the King. Never forget that when you are coming here to worship. That is one of the most important things that you'll ever do in your life. Every Sunday morning and Wednesday night to sing praise and to give praise together with the people of God to your King. Thirdly, praise Him evangelically. Praise Him evangelically. This is, this is the message. This, like we said, this is the great message of the gospel. is about the reign of Christ, of, of one who reigns. The sovereignty of God. That's what speaks to His kingship. Praise Him evangelically. A king that saves. A king that heals. A king that protects. A king that fights our battles for us and gives us His victory. Oh, beloved, most kings uh, ask their servants to build them a kingdom on their blood. But our king has given us a kingdom that He built on His own blood. On His own blood. And He invites us to serve Him and, and to reign with Him in righteousness. Can you tell the world, can you tell the people that are around you, a king, my king is a king that can actually save. He can save a sinner from his sins. That's what was so amazing about Jesus, wasn't it? That they would bring to Him people that had physical problems. And He would say, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And the people around would say, Who is this that forgives sin but God? And Jesus said that you may know that the Son of Man hath power to forgive sins. I say unto you, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But Jesus, forgiving the man of his sins, showed the kind of king that he really was. A king that saves, a king that heals, a king that protects, a king that fights for us. Let me tell you about my king, my friend. You know, does anybody ever in the course of your life, you meet somebody and they'll say, what you know good, right? They'll say, what you know good. And it's, you know, it's kind of, Heart, you know, maybe you're just caught off guard. You don't know what to say. Well, next time, really surprise them and say, uh, Jesus is king. Jesus is king. What, what could you know better than that? The, that Jesus is king and, and the, a king that saves and heals and, and delivers and a king that is reigning. I know that that's good. That's forever good. So you praise Him. How do we praise Him? We praise Him personally. We praise Him corporately. We praise Him evangelistically uh, in our lives. Uh, just want to turn to that uh, Old Testament prophecy in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9. If you'll turn there. Zechariah speaks to many amazing things in his prophecy. Zechariah 9 and verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, 
O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just in having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. Amazing. Prophesied all those centuries before. And then Jesus comes and said, there's a donkey tied up over here in the village. Y'all go get him. I'm going to ride him into Jerusalem. And people are going to recognize and, and glorify me together even before all my enemies. Hallelujah. Lastly, as we close tonight, how to praise King Jehovah. Praise Him continually. Praise Him continually. Beloved, try in your life never to lose sight of the King. Never lose sight of the King's banner and of the victory that we've been given in Him. Know that you always have something to be happy about if Jesus is your King. Never lose sight of it. Praise Him. Let His praise continually be on your lips. And uh, I love the way the Apostle Paul expresses it in 1 Timothy. If you'll turn there for our last scripture tonight. The psalmist has said, take the trumpet, take the cornet, and bring, and bring rejoicing praise to Jehovah the King. We're going to try to do that in a personal way. We're going to try to do that in a corporate way. We're going to try to do that evangelistically in our life with the message of our, of our life and our actions. And then when it's something that we want to be continual in our life. And here in 1 Timothy, at the end of the, uh, of the book, in chapter 6, this is really, really beautiful. I love the way the Apostle Paul expresses this. Beginning in verse 13. I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. I just want to pause there as we begin to close and just remind you of the conversation that Pilate and Jesus had together. So Jesus remember how terribly he had been treated before he ever got to Pontius Pilate. He was already in really bad shape by the time that he got to him. And Pilate came in and he said, and he asked him, and this was the, this was the nature of the subject. Are you the king of the Jews? That's what he asked him, wasn't it? Art thou the king of the Jews? And remember, I'm just paraphrasing some of this. You can, you can read it again for yourself. Jesus said, uh, did somebody else, are you saying this uh, from your own heart that you want to know, or did somebody else tell you this about me? And he said, hey, look, you know, your own people, they delivered you to me, and this is what they're saying. They're saying that you're claiming to be the king of the Jews. Now, are you... Are you the king? Jesus said, Thou sayest it. Thou sayest it. To this end was I born, that I might bear witness to the truth. And everyone that hears the truth, they follow me. But he said, My kingdom is not of this world 
or my or my servants would would fight. And uh, you know, Pilate he says, "What is truth?" Right? He's the cynic. He he's the one that he's the thief on the cross that can't see Jesus for who he really is. Remember how that the one thief at first he was railing on Jesus, doubting Jesus, just like the other one was, right? But then at some point, the Spirit regenerated that man and gave him eyes of faith. And he said, Lord, he called Jesus this dying, crucifying, beaten, bloodied pulp of a man that was rejected and deserted by his own followers, that was dying and giving his last breath. He said, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, he saw him for the king that he was, that he is. How? How could a thief on the cross see in Pilate, who had been around power all of his life, he says, what is truth? Oh, he was looking at truth. The king of truth. The true king. And... Pilate had him scourged, remember? And he had the robe put on him in the crown of thorns on his head. And he said, here's your king. They said, we have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. And yet, won't the Lord always have a witness? Because written. To be above the cross. The charge against Jesus Christ. In three different languages. In Hebrew. In Latin. And in Greek. Jesus. The King of the Jews. Praise Him continually. He gave a good witness. A good confession. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in His times He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate King of kings, Lord of lords. Let us praise the King Jehovah.